Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Let me get around to mother and baby homes because of course that is a big story today and the government's mother and baby home redress scheme is adding to the unbearable trauma of survivors by excluding former residents who spent less than six months in the institutions as babies and those boarded out. Campaigners are very unhappy with the announcement this morning by the Minister Roderick O'Gorman. Now, the scheme was originally announced last year by Roderick O'Gorman, but it's taken this long to put pen to paper and put it up on the website and basically explain to people how you go and how you qualify for the 800 million that has become available for this particular scheme. Now, remember, of course, we are talking about people who spent time or who were born, including me. So I'm going to remain reasonably neutral on this because obviously I get a couple of quid out of it. But... People who were born in a mother and baby home or people, women who went to mothers and baby homes, the traumatising situation of being in a mother and baby home and having your child taken from you. Now, people will say, oh, but they signed a form to put their children up for adoption. They signed it unwillingly because that was the times we lived in where people felt and women felt coerced into giving up their children because there was no financial support whatsoever for them in this state. At that time, we didn't have single parent payments. We didn't have the social welfare system we have now. And there was no way they could keep their children. And apart from anything else, they were shamed into not leaving that mother and baby home without their child or with their child. And today, I want to dedicate some of the show to it because I believe it's a really, really important issue for Ireland. And it's something that we need to, at some point, put a full stop on. Never forget about it. It's part of our history, but we do need to move on from it at some point and hope that it never happens ever again. But I think we need to talk about this and the idea that they would insult people with this range of payments after what a lot of people have been through, I think is despicable. And I think it's wrong, uh, particularly for those mothers who went into those homes who were shamed. And many women listening today, they're probably quite older, who may be listening today, who would have been right up to the the early 90s in some of these mother and baby homes and felt they had to put their children up for adoption because society told them that, oh, you have a child who is illegitimate. That was the word that was used. That was the word at the top of my documentation anyway. Who's illegitimate and you daren't, daren't bring him back into society or bring him back or her back into the parish because the parish priest won't be too happy looking down from the pulpit at you, you unmarried mother, you shameful sinner. And that was the way women felt and were made to feel at the time apart from not having the financial security that we would have nowadays from social welfare. So they were forced to do it. They had no choice. I don't want to know, maybe you were in that situation. Maybe you were born in a mother and baby home. How do you feel about the amounts of money that are being suggested through redress? And I'll talk to Alison O'Reilly, journalist, in a second, exactly about how much you will be due to get um, and when it all starts. But let me know. I want to get your thoughts on it. Is it enough? Do you believe people should be getting money at all? Some people believe they shouldn't be getting money at all. Uh, And maybe you were in a mother and baby home. Maybe you were a mother or maybe you were a child. I want to hear from you today. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. You can text or WhatsApp. If you want to just give us a call, old school, you can give the, the guys a call outside, a Ruth a call outside, and it's 0818-942-105. But joining me on the line is journalist Alison O'Reilly, who's been on this from the very, very start. And for many years now, we've talked to Alison. Alison, I suppose, is this the end now when it comes to the redress? Is this, this is the last word, really, is it? 
Yeah, yeah, and I'd say the government will be hopeful to have this shut down and move on and on to the next big scandal uh, because it's been going on since 2014. Now, it's going on since, you know, the mother and baby homes were up and running, but the big scandal was 2014 with the expose of the two babies burial scandal there. Um, and it's taken a long, long time to get to this uh, to this point. But even at that, um, Niall, all we can say really is the Cabinet has signed off on this payment scheme. There's still no set date for when people will get it. Because the problem is, particularly for the women uh, who you know gave up their babies, most of them are probably in their 80s at this stage. And yeah, they're, they're yeah. literally dying. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think a lot of survivors would tell you that they believe that is the plan. You know, to wait them out and they'll die. Um, because so many of them are ageing and, as you said, you know, are in their late 80s uh, and even 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. we know of Chrissy Tully in Donegal, who's in her 90s. And now I, I can tell you now, um, and she wouldn't mind me telling you this, she's actually in her sick bed in hospital now and she still doesn't know where her little baby Michael is who died. And, uh, I mean, will she even make it to the redress scheme? She doesn't even want it. And that's fair enough. But I mean, it's point of principle, isn't but it? But she really? wants closure, doesn't she? Yes, of she course. She wants closure and recognition because um, any mother or anybody locked up in these institutions will tell you that's just the way of life and you were being punished. And so you believe that. And of course, they carried that secret for years. Anyone who watched the Philomena movie would understand that secret. Mm. And then suddenly there was an expose and everyone could talk about it. And then it's pointed out, well, actually this whole thing was wrong because it was ingrained in those women to believe that this was actually right and it was your fault. Well, I mean, when we spoke about this, Alison, uh, with yourself about a year ago or so, and originally the suggestion was that nobody that was there under six months would get any money. Mm. They still seem to be sticking to that. Now, okay, so less than three months, mothers only, 5,000. Mm. So if you were a child and you were there less yeah. than three months, you're not getting a bean. That's essentially it. No, and that's awful. I mean, that's absolutely awful because, you know, um, the attachment theory is a scientific fact. It's based on science and it's based on deep research. Bonding, and the yes. The bonding with, yes. with the, with the yeah. maternal bonding. I mean, yeah. it, is a, it is, you know, it is a fact that attachment is there. And Ireland is still kind of catching up with attachment and bonding. Um, we say we know about it, but uh, I don't think enough studies have been done on it or that it's implemented uh, across the board, certainly, you know, in the state foster care system today. But attachment, you know, you you are attached to your primary carer. And when that attachment is broken, you know, this is how you're left with additional needs or, you know, damage, emotional damage, psychological damage. But attachment is a real thing. And so if you've been separated, whether it's a day, a month, a week, six months, you know, you're taken from your primary care. There's a wound there. There's a primal wound. And those people under six um, six months aren't getting anything. Yeah, and, and that's what it says here as well. So the, primarily, the majority of mothers, let's just focus on the mothers for a second. We'll come to mm. the children in a minute. But the mothers that would have been there, most would have been in the category of three to six months, I imagine. Because they would yeah. have gone there three months pregnant, spent six months there, had their baby, and then, you know, out the door. So I, yeah. I assume most are going to get roughly around 10 grand. Yeah, roughly around 10 grand is the payment for having your entire life destroyed. Um, shame, stigma, a lifelong of complications. And uh, you'll get 10 grand for, for mm. your trouble. Now, uh, if, which is awful, you know. I mean, a lot of mothers were there for a year. Some of them had to continue paying money for their child's upkeep when they were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, that's all you're going to get. It's 10 grand that you use. Have that gone in no time. And, and it's not just that, you know, the six months that you were there, you know, or that you're getting paid for that time. 
it's a lifelong trauma because many oh, yeah. of the, many of those women and I hear people saying, "But didn't they sign an adoption program?" But, but they didn't sign it. They were coerced into these things because, of course, the times that we lived in, we had a state and we had a church that shamed young women and didn't financially support young women who had children. So they were kind of shamed into giving up their children. So for the rest of their lives, they had to wonder where these children were and the regret that went along with that. So this was a life sentence for those women. It wasn't oh just three, my six god! Months. It's just it, I mean words. You don't have enough words to, to, to try and describe some of the stories that I have come across in relation to women who had, who gave, you know, had their children taken. And remember, there is a small group of women who didn't want to, to rear their child and felt that, you know, uh, adoption was the best option for them. And that's and fine, that, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's their choice. But, you know, there was a, a, a huge cohort of women who had their babies forcibly taken. Sharon McGuigan would be one of them. In the 80s, when she was um, 16, you know, she went into Dunboyne Mother and Baby Home and at 17, with no legal advice, no representation, no nothing, she signed adoption papers. Um, and that's an illegal adoption. You know, however... You know, she knows that now as an adult. She realises what has happened. She was badly treated. But her child, who was given up, has a different story. Obviously, there's a primal wound there, but they don't remember anything physically and visually. But there will be, um, there will be an attachment issue there at some point. Mm. However, that child never wanted to be in touch with Sharon. She wasn't ready um, because she was reared by a lovely family and she's gotten on with her life. That's a very, very hard thing for a mother who comes to the realisation that, look, you were treated very badly, actually. You know, you, did, you had no legal advice. That whole adoption is a, a sham. Um, so you can live with that. Here's your few grand. And, but your daughter, who, who doesn't know anything about anything, was reared by a lovely family or she sees her mum and dad and she doesn't want anything to do with you. Sorry. You know, can yeah. you imagine what that's like? I mean, so, and I'm looking, okay, so between six months and a year, now this, now we get on to children as well. So this now applies mm. to children and uh, the, par- the, the parent as well, the, the, the mother as well. So six months to a year, 12,500, over a year, 15 grand, right up to a max of 10 years of 65,000. I don't think there's very few people in there for 10 years. Now, I believe 40% of people in mother and baby homes are already excluded from this because yeah. of the time they were there. That's it, yeah, yeah. If you're, yeah, I mean, that's that's there's a huge amount of people. I mean, they say something like thirty four thousand survivors will qualify for a payment, and nineteen thousand might get a medical card. Big deal. You should be getting a medical card if you're in an institution anyway. You should be getting all of those social reports and holistic treatments and therapies and that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, you know, for the people who do want the scheme, and remember, like there is an extra payment if you worked there. But I mean, it's anything. Fun. Well, it's a very small amount of money, fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah. It's tiny because a lot of the mothers obviously did hard labour in there. Um, but yeah, a lot of people won't. Uh, well, I know my mother was sent. My mother was sent down to Fibsburg Church. Uh, my biological mother. She was sent down to Fibsburg Church to clean the church every day. Uh, from St. Patrick's Home on the Navin Road. Now, it does apply, of course, to all the, the, the main mother and baby homes as well. Uh, the biggest mm. one being, of course, St. Patrick's. So, mm. so, some of the questions, pardon me, that are coming in at the moment, does, does it apply to, say, for example, if a parent has passed on, a mother that's passed on, can her children claim the money? No. No, not as far as I know they can. I mean, I know there's been a big debate about that and that, you know, it was something that was under consideration. But as it stands, there's absolutely nothing confirmed to say that 
you know, money can be passed on or claimed, um, which I think is absolutely shocking. Yeah, yeah, because the mother may, may have been alive for a long time campaigning for this or being yeah. part of this and, and just because yeah. sadly they pass on they're not entitled to the money, which is what the government hoped for probably. Anyway. Yeah, and that Cathy McMahon is a perfect example of that. I mean, she was at the forefront of that campaign for years. For, for the mothers of, of mother and baby homes. And she died outside the UN office when she was going over there to campaign about this. I mean, what's going to happen there? Nothing, you know? So, so What an awful loss. I, I, I know when we spoke no about it. No, well, that's what I said. Well, when we spoke about this, you know, the last time we spoke about it, we, mm. you were saying that people weren't happy with the amounts of money. They weren't happy with the idea no. of the six months, uh, uh, you know, the under the six months. And we thought that would all be amended or sorted out, but nothing has been sorted out. And this is just Nothing's it. Ever and so is it, out is it just a case of here it is, that's it, you're not getting any penny more, see us now, goodbye. Is that is oh, that really it? Yeah, this is a thorn in the side for the government. I mean, um, it really is. You know, you still have people out campaigning about this. But as far as they're concerned, they've pushed it through, they've got it through. This is it. It's over, done, dusted. Sorry, you got your state apology. We've done all the things, we've ticked all the boxes. Here's a few quid. Yeah. 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 All right, Alison. Well, listen. By the way, Alison, any idea when this will go live on the website? No. And how people can no. claim it, or how long no. it'll take to get it, or. Unfortunately, all we've been told is as soon as possible in 2020. Actually, we heard that in 2014, didn't we? Did, we did, yeah. they've already missed the deadline, so yeah, okay. unfortunately not. I feel sorry for the people who are waiting you who could do with the few bob, you know? Absolutely. Listen, thank you very much indeed, as usual, Alison O'Reilly, right. journalist. Appreciate you coming on the air. Let me go to Breda Murphy, who's a public relations officer of Two Mother and Baby Home Alliance. Good afternoon to you, Breda. Good afternoon, Niall. I'm sure you've seen the press release this morning. You've seen up on the website the amounts of money and you know the timescales involved. Uh, how? What was your reaction to it? Well, the reaction of myself and of our group generally is that this is totally unacceptable um, to any survivor and is indeed an insult to many because it excludes so many. Mm-hmm. And the government themselves, the state commissioned various reports Uh, One into illegal adoptions, for instance, another by um, a lady called Mary Lou Kennedy, who is uh, with O Consulting. And they took the views of survivors throughout the country and over a protracted period longer than they expected. They gave a very uh, comprehensive document to the state. The problem with this, Nile, is that the Interdepartmental Committee decided at the outset, what people would get. Mm -hmm. And so the report, such as the one on illegal adoptions, was not considered, nor was the views of survivors captured by Oak Consulting. But I mean, I I would argue that, you know, I I know we define legal illegal adoptions as those that didn't technically have a signature, but even those that did have the signature, they were all coerced. I've had callers on the air here over the years when we spoke about it, because I'm quite passionate about the topic myself, because I was born in a mother and baby home. But mm-hmm. but I was I've had women on the air who basically said they felt they had no option because they couldn't go home to their house because the local parish priest would be badgering their mother and father. Uh, they couldn't go home because they'd be shamed with their illegitimate child. So I mean that was the times we lived in. So they felt they had no option. So to me, whether you signed or whether you didn't sign the adoption form, it's still illegal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things the state has not looked at in the commission's report. It's the illegality or any criminality that occurred within there. So you do not get justice when it is decided by government against the wishes of those who contributed to the report. When when the government decides themselves, this is what we're going to give you, and that's where it stands. 
But we still have a way to go on this. I know you were talking to Alison there. It has to go through, the legislation must go through the Oireachtas. There are five stages. He's bringing the bill. It will be published next week, so it will be up on the website. We will see the finer detail. And he has told us that the amounts that he is giving to the mothers, for instance, for three months, that would be there, uh, 5,000, that those bans are increased. What he doesn't tell us is how many are excluded. And we know from today's um, uh, examiner that up to 60% of survivors will not get any form Mm. of redress. And we know that only 19,000 uh, will qualify for a uh, an advanced medical but, but, card, but, but even or but an even, enhanced. Sorry. But even the ten thousand figure, which is for between three and six months, that is going to be the majority of women, I would imagine, because many women will go in at the end of the first trimester, probably in pregnancy, uh, and spend six months there, have their baby, and then be you know put out or left or whatever it happens to be. So most women will fall into the ten thousand, twelve thousand, five hundred category. I mean, that's a paltry amount of money for spending six months or nine months of your life. Um, basically being abused. It is it is an insult again. And if you consider the home that I speak for, Tume Mother and Baby Home Alliance, the Tume Home operated between 1925 and 1961. It then closed and the children that were there were brought to Shanross Abbey. That closed in 1970. That is 51 years ago. So either 61, depending on which way you look at it, Finn, you're talking about mothers, who would have been 18, 19, 20, whatever age. I assume most and of so, them would be, many of those would have passed away at this stage, Brita, wouldn't they, many of those mothers? That's my point, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even of the survivors, I mean, many times the government uh, release information and release it in a drip-feed way, particularly when it's something that's not quite palatable and that they already know the response. And as I said before, it is the interdepartmental committee who brought up the figures, who decided, and then took it to the minister. But I would expect, and tomorrow, tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, the minister is in uh, answering questions in the Dáil, Minister Roderick O'Gorman, from 10.30 until 12.30. So I've already contacted a couple of um, RTDs in an effort to have them ask questions as to why primarily he ignores the wishes of survivors. He often says that he has listened to survivors, but it's quite on, um, obvious that he has not uh, truly listened and he has not there taken seem, on board. Yeah, there, there does seem to be a lack of empathy in this uh, bill. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to take into consideration. You know, it's almost like here's a quick payment just to end all this and put it to bed. It's not taken into consideration, say, for example, the people that were there between three and six months or six months in a year, which is the average person which is probably going to be dealing with. I mean, it doesn't take into consideration the, the effect, the long-term effect it's had on their lives only for that period of time they were there. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not taken into yeah. consideration the punitive damages over, over time. And when O Consulting um, talked with the many people around the country on various mediums in person and on Zoom, they found that survivors asked that it wasn't to be based on the length of stay. It was actually to be based on the trauma that they endured and so um, they have, again, you know, discounted that completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the minister, I think, you know, he's, he's between a rock and a hard place, and he's trying to satisfy 
possibly the government, the, you know, the leaders in government, Leo Varadkar, um, Eamon Ryan and Michal Martin, and together with the senior civil servants who draw up those redress. And, and you will have heard him say it's the largest redress payment in the state. Well, it pales into insignificance when compared with the MICA redress, mm. which, as we know as well, is a complex issue and is uh, currently before the Oireachtas. That will be at least four times to five times the 800 million that mm. we talk about today. So he wants this done and dusted before, I would think, the MICA comes up. And as regards its opening up, it is due to open up in 2023. But we don't have a timeline as that because it needs to go through the five stages within the Oireachtas. And I would expect that both in Shannon and in the Dáil, that many of our um, those who support us, and indeed the Children's Committee, um, that they will have questions to the Minister. And you have to remember, just before Christmas, the Children's Committee produced a really comprehensive response to the minister in an effort to ensure that, and it was presented by Deputy Kathleen Function as chair, um, to ensure that the uh, redress scheme would reflect the trauma that was inflicted and particularly the forced family separation that has continued for decades. Many people who were in institutions such as St. Patrick's Guild, for instance, uh, and were adopted uh, quite soon after birth. They were adopted into their adopted family name. So they were never given sight or ever knew that they were born to a different mother. So, And they may never ever know unless they have a hereditary disease or unless, as a present, the uh, child, their, their daughter comes home with a, a DNA kiss and says, Dad, I got you this for your birthday. And that's what's happened in the United States that brought back one, one man who was born in Ireland. He never knew he had a connection to Ireland. So there are many people mm-hmm. that live anything, anywhere up between 5,000 to 20,000 that live with an identity that is not theirs, that they do not come from the family they were born, they think they were born into. And that is in relation to my own family as well. My relative was 88 years of age when he found us through DNA. And so for 88 years, he didn't know his mother's name. He didn't know his father's name. He didn't know where they came from. And he had worked in the UK quite close to where his mother had immigrated to. She had come back to Ireland many times to get him in the orphanage in Bray and um, Mm -hmm. could not find him because his date of birth, together with his name, was was altered. And so for years she had tried. um, But now he knows he has siblings who are of similar age, elderly. And it's a shame that... For 88 years, the state and the religious order, who told us in their archives they had no records, despite the council having paid for him. So, you know, there's, I know, there's they, a lot they, more they, to I mean, and the, the way it's been handled is pretty bad. I mean, I can you know, only talk about my own personal situation. I didn't know I had a sister till I was 52 years of age. I then found out she was adopted to a family which was only a mile away from the family I was adopted to, and we actually knew each other. I could have, she was only a year younger than me, I could have ended up dating her. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's that is the reality because it seems that no consideration was given to these kind of events or these kind of things, and I wasn't told that I had this sister till I was, as I said, fifty three or fifty four years of age. But just one final question, and pardon my ignorance because I don't maybe fully understand as much as you would because you've been campaigning for so many years in relation to this. What's to stop somebody turning around and saying, 
I'm not happy with this. I was in there for a year. I'm not accepting 10 grand or 12 and a half thousand euro. I'm going to take a high court challenge on this. What's to stop that happening? Well, I think that's where it will ultimately end up, because if you remember before Christmas, eight judicial reviews were taken against the state. State had to go into the dock, the the, the three commissioners. They had allowed them to resign their roles. So the minister, literally, it it was up to him uh, and his department and the state to answer the questions. And at the last moment, as is often the case in legal cases, they agreed to settle So they took responsibility for all eight cases in that. So that already showed that the Commission's report was flawed and therefore um, the state should not have looked to the Commission's report to form part of their understanding of how they would put together a redress model. Now the Minister will say that they didn't consider it, that they actually went above what the commissioners had had stated should happen in redress. But that's not quite true either. And I think the people, when when Catherine Corliss in the very beginning in 2014 uh, alerted the country to what had happened in Chum and how children were disposed of rather than buried and everybody was up in arms, I think at that point the state had the opportunity to do what was right. Later on in 2016 and 2017, Catherine Sapone authorised um, a forensic test excavation. That revealed that the children's remains, which they took out, were dating to the 1950s, the era of the home. She said, Dr. Neve McCullough, who was the lead archaeologist involved, said that within six months, those remains must be taken uh, from there and they must try and do the DNA in order for the DNA to still be able to deliver results. That hasn't happened, and we're years on. So what I'm trying to get across is that the government have continuously kicked a can down the road. Do, do, you, do you believe, and I, and I hate to be sinister about this, and Alison is obviously equally sinister about it as well, but do you believe the reasoning behind delaying this constantly is because the longer they delay it, the less they're going to have to pay because more people will have died? That's the reality. Our people are dying. They have died. Um, And while if they died after the apology, the state apology of January 2021, the award will go to their estate. That's of little comfort to those who have waited. And many of our members who are elderly, particularly many of the men, they did not form relationships. They, They left Ireland. Many left Ireland as well and went abroad in order to shake off the stigma and shame that accompanied where they had been, the institutions or the boarded out situation. And some left without ever knowing their own true name. They were called a nickname. Mm. And um, so trying to negotiate life, there's nothing. I mean, the state was responsible for all of these children up to the age of 16. But even after the age of 16, because of the hardships they endured within the institutions where so many died, um, they continued to suffer hardship throughout their life because of lack of education. Those who were boarded out will tell you we did not go to school on a fine day. We were kept home to do the hay or do the turf or whatever was needed within the farm that they lived in and worked in as a child. And so they are not considered. And that is against the wishes of the state's own uh, special rapporteur for children, uh, Professor Conor O'Mahony. He has since retired, but he wrote and rapped the state on the knuckles 
the United Nations, the Human Rights, the Irish Centre for Civil Liberties have all done the same. And experts on trauma and childhood attachment, as Alison has said, yeah. have written, some 10 or 11 have written and asked for a meeting with the Minister. And I see yesterday... Um, Dr. Sarah, who is the lead writer on that, has again gone on Twitter to say she is so disappointed in the minister because the opportunity is there for us to show that for once we are proud of we are a proud people who can stand with anybody else and that we have done nothing wrong. Our members having their testimonies discounted and uh, for the commissioners to suggest their testimonies were contaminated when indeed they accepted without question the testimonies of the religious orders and of state officials. Mm -hmm. That is so very wrong. I think there's a lot of bridge building to go on, but this, the good news is, and for your listeners or anybody affected, I would ask them to contact their politician because this is coming into the doll right now. It will be up for debate in Shannon and in Dáil Éireann. And if they can just impress upon their own minister to do right, because after all, we're living with 60 to 70 years of trauma. And it, uh, it pales, as I said, into when they come to the redress for the MICA, maybe then they can say this is the largest redress scheme of the state. Because certainly, 800 million. And another thing, um, nine. I, I, just because just, I am running out of time, but I know there's probably 70 to 120,000 people in total affected by this in the country. But as you rightly pointed out, only 34,000 survivors will be compensated because many are omitted because of the fact that you have to be there be, uh, for up to six months or at least six months if you're a child. Uh, if you're a mother less than three months, you'll only get 5,000 euro. But yeah. I, I have to leave it there, Brida. But make one final point if you want one to. One final point is that I've said on radio the religious orders need to step up to the plate. Why should the taxpayer, the people listening to you who are hard pressed today to pay their bills, why should they carry this burden? The religious orders made the monies. Let them, and the minister is apparently talking to them, and those within the pharmaceutical company. Oh, they'll who use those they'll claim they have no money, sure. Aren't they crying at the moment looking for money, money off the state during the financial crisis? Maybe they should sell some of the land that they have all over the world and then they'd have plenty of it. Listen, Breda, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you calling coming on the air today. Breda Murphy, Public Relations Officer of the Tomb Mother and Baby Home Alliance. If you have any reaction to that, maybe you were born in a mother and baby home, or maybe you had a baby, I'd like to hear from you. How are you feeling about it? 086872. I needed it again. 087-188-008. That's 087-188-008 is the text or WhatsApp number if you want to send it to us right now. How do I keep doing that? All right, we have so much reaction to this because there's so many people in the country, believe it or not, who are actually affected by the mother and baby home. 70,000 children were put up for adoption in this country. That doesn't include the mothers that were in the homes as well. Uh, Leslie Ann, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you? Hi, good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Good, Leslie Ann. And I'm really so sorry now today because I, I'm going to be very wished for time because I've spent so long talking, obviously, to people yeah, in relation could go on to. Forever, oh, yeah. it could, it could. And I could yeah. take so many people on the air. But, Leslie Ann, if I remember rightly, your mum, of course, put a child up for adoption in a mother yeah. baby home. And I think, from what well, my memory uh, in your story, that child turned up at the doorstep 40 years later. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where he'd been searching for years and then my mum, one day out of the blue, got a phone call from Tusla. But you see, the problem is um, in our story, and I remember March of last year, I went looking to see if she could be a part of the redress. And I was basically told, no, absolutely no way. 
my brother was taken off my mum in the rotunda. She was, you know, she had basically nuns at her bedside saying, look, you're, she's a single mother, obviously, from, from Ballinasloe yeah. up in Dublin. Um, and she was told she was worthless. The baby would be better off without her. Um, not even sign papers, just hand your baby over, you know. And, yeah. and that happened. And then, you know, my brother was adopted to a family. And, you know, my mother suffered all her adult life. Oh, I'd say she now, had regrets throughout her life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then obviously it affected her, her not that badly, her, her, her life as a mother to, to us, who she had afterwards. But the acknowledgement of the fact that her baby was taken away is why I want her a part of that. But of course, she wasn't in the home. Well, her son was. Her so son because was because this redress only applies to women who are in the mother home. and baby homes, it doesn't apply to your mother who was in exactly the same situation but just happened to be in a in a religious hospital. That's it. That's yeah. it. And even like my brother was there. My mother was told, oh, we've a family lined up from, you know, and we when we look back on dates, they, they didn't, there, there was a huge inaccuracy in it. And then we were like, well, obviously he was there for the bones of three months. Why isn't he not allowed to be a part of it? And it just every time. Now, I, I spent a lot of time kind of, you know, writing to solicitors who were kind of, there were solicitors who were a part of this, making submissions for people. And it was like, I'm sorry, I'd love to help, but, you know, you do not meet the criteria. And I think anybody, you know, my mum has obviously, she, her name is on paper. My brother's name is on paper. It shows that he was taken away. He was put in the home. We have all the proof to back it up. But yet they say, like, we're not trying to chance our arm here. No. You know, but yet they, they, you know, she's not allowed. And I genuinely think she should be because I know. It's very, it's very similar to those, kind of remember those old ads years ago, computer says no. And it's it's just because she's not, because that, you know, obviously the rotunda is not listed and it should be actually. Because of course it was a religious, very much so a religious hospital at the time where a lot of women would have had, went to have babies, particularly as well, single mothers too. Uh, yeah. at that particular time. So, I mean, and, and you are right, they were coerced because they were yeah. told they were worthless. They were told they were shameful young girls and these children were illegitimate and other such words were used probably as well. So, and the, the child would amount to nothing with you because we should the state had gave them no financial support anyway. Not at all. There's yeah. no chance. My dad was uh, Niall a part of the redress scheme for the clerical abuse and God love him, like he's now passed away but he suffered all his life after that. But his abuse was graded in the Rhine report. It was like, it, there was no names. There were just numbers of severity of the uh, sexual abuse, you know, physical abuse, mental abuse. That was all graded. And like, there was almost like a, pri- a, a price tag put beside what they would get in the redress. And even that, Niall, angers me. Mm. You know, throughout when, when I read back on stuff, like, we have to put ourselves forward and say, no, listen, listen to the people. People make the decision as to how the redress is going to go. You know, that kind of way. And, and really put more thought into it. I just think the minister is completely disconnected now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're absolutely right. And say hello to your mum too. I know she's... I will, of course. She what's, what's, all the time. what's your mum's name? Mags. Mags. How are you, Mags? Yeah. Is her birthday coming up soon or anything like that? No, I could sing she happy birthday. She's, she's in April. She's in April, but she looks she loves to shout out every day anyway, whenever you get a chance. All right, listen. Hello, Mags. And and I hope I hope and how is she feeling? Is she in good health? She's in good health. She gave up the smokes a year ago, as she told you there not so long ago, good over a year ago. 
and there's not a bother on her. She's a widow. I to keep saying she's a widow looking for a new husband. Don't <laughs> <laughs> to get out to an L Sunday dance there. You never know that's who she it. might meet. All right. Thanks a million. All right, now. Leslie, listen, thank you very much indeed. And again, that's a typical of a story that you might hear, you know, because, you know, the Rotunda Hospital is not mentioned in the list in the legislation. Unfortunately, in exactly the same situation, Leslie's Mags, Leslie's mother, gets absolutely nothing and doesn't qualify. Terrible. I'm going to come to Colette after the break. Hi, Colette. You're on Ireland's Classic Kids Radio. How are you? Hi, Niall. Well, to be quite honest with you, I'm shocked because I've been on to my solicitor this morning. This, I have been on to my TD. Now, I was told it's going through the second stage, I believe, but I was only in a mother and baby home for four months. Okay, so so you don't qualify. Yeah, but I'm going to fight because, to be quite honest with you, I feel once you were in one, you should automatically qualify. I would agree with you. There should be no stipulations, no exclusions. Um, Put it like this. My mum went to, biological, I might add, went to her grave thinking she did her wrong. When all she did was have me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so some of her, like, sisters and that don't even know I exist. How sick is that? Where, where, where were you born and what, when, when uh, were you born? I was born in Manor House, Castle Pollard, County Westmead. Okay. okay. 1959. Oh, you didn't have, to, you didn't was, have to give me the date there. and reveal your age, but I will never collect. You don't sound it. <laughs> but, but okay, so under the guy, under the, um, should I say, this bill, or the proposed bill to government, which hasn't gone through yet, by the way. But no, the proposed, it hasn't. Um, it says here less than three months, um, mothers only five thousand. Between three and six months, mothers only ten thousand. So, in other words, as a child born there, you will get nothing. Nothing, yeah. Mm. But as I say, I have been on to my TD. And, 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 and what did your solicitor or TD say to you? What What was the well, advice my they gave you? Solicitor said it's only gone into the committee stage, like the second right. stage and the yeah. all stages. And uh, but she said we we're, we're going to be fighting, and if it comes to pass that they don't take it out, I'm going to court. Yeah, and, and rightly so, you should because because, because I, I, mean, I I don't understand what difference it would make if you were there five months and twenty eight days be, and six months and one day. There yeah. should be no stipulation. No, no, there shouldn't. Because I, I think, you know what? Most mothers out there listening today who had children know how important, you know, that moment when you have a child I and mean, you have the bonding of a child, you know, the, the bonding. And, and I mean, I'm, I met my mum and, like, she was there, but she wasn't there, Niall. I know. And it was too painful. And I was at a wedding, like my sister's daughter got married to another lady, and I've never been at a same sex before. And my aunt, who from the adopted, told me she's nearly 92, and she said, You screw them. Get, sorry, you get every cent out of them, she said. Yeah. yeah. And she said, My mum, she used to call her Molly, like adopted mum, would want you to get every penny. And do you, do you feel, because people often wonder, you know, because you were in an institution for a reason, well, yeah. a four-month period of time, right? Uh, whereas that would have been the four months normally where, you, as a baby, yeah, you, may have, yeah, been, you yeah. may have been breastfed, you'd been held, you'd have been rocked to sleep. Yeah, yeah. You missed out on all of that, as I did. I was in a mother and baby yeah, home for, well, for I mean, nearly a year. I know we had to go home and came out and said that she wouldn't know early trauma. Well, scientists, well, I, well, psychologists disagree with me. Well, I mean, I remember uh, in a cot and people walking by me 
Mm. And if that's not trauma, I don't know what isn't. And do you think do you and think that's had an effect? I mean, what well, effect yes, has it in your life? Oh, yeah, 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 big time. Yeah. I should social workers. They were the B word, I T C H E S of the highest degree. Because I was told I wouldn't get my file. And I said to a social worker, just because you said it, is it written in law? I will get it. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, I'm not letting them, I'm not saying getting away with it, but I mean, there's so much this was hush hush and under the car and oh, all Of course, this. yeah, of course. You yeah. know, I don't mean, you know, you've been yourself and you're amazing and I have to say, uh, fair play, you're coming through everything. And the same as myself. And I'm the little, and I'm the lady with the little canary. That's <laughs> but, I know the canary. But as I say, like, I'm doing this, as I said, for my mum. I just breathed in my body. I can say now that she's my mum and I, I am glad to be her daughter. Mm. And while there's breath, as I said, I would fight tooth and nail. I don't let, I don't, I don't regret finding out where I came from and finding my mum and finding my dad and all like that. And like when you see papers that you've given up because of shame. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's why and most people give up. And that illegitimate and the father relying through. I mean, yeah. how do you think makes people feel? And then like it, when you get the records in redacted, and the, even getting through the, the SARS, they still treat adopted people abominably, I have to say. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think anything has changed, Niall, to be quite honest with you. And I said, I will keep on fighting. When you told my solicitor today, I will be down outside Dahl Erden. Did you, go onto the, did you go onto the website there a couple of weeks ago and sign up to get all your information? You know the website? Oh, I did. Oh, well, I have it now. I like that at myself. Okay, but the, uh, the, well, there might be more. You never know. Go on, you no, there go on. isn't. There isn't at all. Okay. No. Well, I know everything, like, you know. Okay. Like, well, I know. Can I just mention that for people, by the way, who don't know that? If you are an adopted child, there is a website. I, I'll get Ruth to find the address in a second. The 3rd of October. Yeah, 3rd of October. You, you can go on and you can put in your name, your address, your date of birth, and you can request any information that stays in. under the sun. As I don't, I'm, not, I'm the type of person. I do not give up. I'm a tough cookie. They will live to regret. You know, I'm not saying in the bad, don't get that way. No, 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 in a legal way. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever yeah. that's like for me, and even when I was talking to the solicitor, my other, the other lady, Joan Collins, she, like, she's, they're all going, and I said, I hope to God they do with them, because I will fight. Well, well your T, at the moment, your TD is the best person to talk to, because they're the ones who are going to be in the doll voting for this. So any TDs that you know, or anybody listening today, if you know your local TD and you're involved in this, or you feel you're affected by this, Talk to your local TD because when this becomes before the doll for voting, they're the ones who are going to have to sign it off. So, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people don't seem too happy about the amounts of money. They also don't seem too happy about the fact that people like Colette are going to be excluded from it just because she happens to be there four months and not six. So that's a ridiculous situation. Listen, Colette, thank you very much indeed. I wish you well. All right, see you. Bye. 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 Everybody who is involved. Please, please go to your local TD. You've listened to Alison O'Reilly, you've listened to Breeder, you've listened to Colette, you've listened to Leslie, you've listened to everybody. Everybody, go to your local TD. Say, I'm not happy with this. I'm, the sad part about it is that I could delay it more and I had to say that. But you don't want to see it delayed anymore because sadly people are passing away and won't get a penny then. Um, but look, go to your local TD and tell them you're not happy with A, the amounts, you're not happy with the fact that people are being excluded from it just because of the fact, like Colette, they were born uh, and only stayed there for four months. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Nile Boylan Show.